Hey, what's going on team? Super excited to have you back. We have an awesome show today. So we had so many positive comments about the authorship episode and my journey to becoming an author. And so I reached out and we have a really special treat. My publisher is going to be joining us. She is an awesome, awesome lady, very knowledgeable about the authorship space. So we're going to get into it. So strap in, let's go. Some of the most awesome times in a man's life for reflection and growth is when they're sitting around the campfire with other men they respect, hashing stuff out. So if you're a Christian man looking for reflection and connection as you grow closer to the person God made you to be, pull up a chair, throw another log on the fire, and pour yourself a tasty beverage and get ready to number your stories. All right, welcome. Hey, so it is my absolute pleasure to introduce our guest for today, my very first guest. And you might wonder, wait a minute, isn't this a, a Christian men's podcast? Why is your first guest a lady? And that's because, holy smokes, she is this incredible godsend in my life. And so if anybody was going to come on and talk about how we can share our story, it is Kristen Bentley. So founder, CEO of EP Publishing. Kristen, welcome. It is so good to have you. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So, you know, I, I outlined the rules beforehand. You need a drink, a dad joke, and a story. So what do you got with you today? Yeah, so I have my mud water. There you I go. Try mud water. Mud water. So it's like mushroom coffee. If you've seen the ads on that, it's one of those, it's supposed to give you this all natural caffeine. It, it, not quite, it's not quite the same as coffee. However, I'm trying to go through this whole like detox, you know. Yeah. I feel that similarly, it's, it's daytime for us. So sometimes I shoot these at night and I can vibe on something a little you know, spicier, but it is daytime. We're several hours apart. So I got my protein shake. So I, I go, I go fair life protein, egg whites, and then some cherries, put some frozen cherries in there, which I like a lot. One of the best things I feel like I've ever bought was my blender. I use my Vitamix blender all the time. I love my blender. I have a KitchenAid, but yeah. I'm all about the smoothie drinks and all that too. Right. You yeah. know, speaking of cooking, that reminds me. I I really like I really like cooking. And so I told my wife, I think I could actually make a car out of spaghetti. And she was like, You that's ridiculous. You absolutely can't do that. And you should have seen her face when I drove pasta. There you go. When I drove oh, pasta. God. That's your dad joke. That's my dad joke. So yours, mine's mine's a little more simplified. It's my husband's okay. worst dad joke. And I feel like everybody on earth knows this one. So what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? <laughs> I think I know. What? A stick. A stick. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is that we actually have this stick that is shaped kind of like a boomerang in a lizard tank because my son found it and he says, oh, look, it's the stick from dad's jokes. So I love it. 
Kind of that's fun. the best. Joking with your dad is one of the the most joyful things I can think of. And your mom. I think my, my mom was pretty funny. But so, Miss Kristen Bentley, founder, CEO of EP Publishing. It is my tremendous pleasure to have you on. I'm super interested in hearing, of course, about the publishing stuff, advice you might have for authors, but also just how, how on earth did you end up doing this? What is Kristen's story? Yeah, so it's interesting because I, I think that many of us can relate to a story of just kind of feeling this guidance into this thing that you're now doing. Mm-hmm. Especially when you feel like you're serving in a position that's yeah. your calling. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel like this really is my calling. I like to say my title is truly a master storyteller. And how it got me there to that place is I do have a background in journalism. I do have a background in editing. You know, I was the the editor for the National Infantry Association's official magazine. That was kind of one of the things that I was a part of. I did a lot of freelance writing, news writing, all over the gamut, right? It was creative versus stick to the facts and, and tell the information. And then from there, I started creating publications. And it was the, I was the visionary, the creative director behind those publications in addition to the editorial vision as well. And they were super successful. I launched six different publications that went global. Some of them read in over 70 countries around the world. And one of them was even gifted to nominees of the Oscars and the Grammys down, you know, back in 2021, which is pretty pretty fun. And I'm going to share, I don't recall who the celebrity was, but it was said that the magazine was the most beautiful they had ever seen. And so, of course, you know, I, I designed it. So really storytelling in all facets of the different ways of, of doing so, whether it be through design and the visual or words. So kind of having that vision. And what I found is one of my gifts is being able to really tap into the vision of others and then help them bring it to life. So before uh, COVID, I was in Washington state. I was living in Washington state at the time, of course, the first state to be quarantined. And I stepped away from an executive position as the creative director of the startup that was wildly successful, was providing services to big name companies like Hilton. And I just had this push to do something different, to kind of venture out onto my own. And so I put in my notice Got really excited. The vision was to launch to guide people through writing their books. That's kind of where the start was. Launched, and three weeks later, we were quarantined in Washington State. And I definitely had a moment where I stopped and thought, what did I just do? Did I just make the biggest mistake? Did I just commit professional suicide? And fortunately, I feel like when we're on, you know, kind of going back to that, that message about purpose. And I think when we're on that path, things just really start moving into our way. They start moving into place and unfolding for us almost without very little resistance, right? And so I have just been leaning in from that point forward. And that was April of 2020, so not quite four years ago. And then it was in learning more about the publishing industry 
and how it's currently serving authors and where it needs to be serving authors better that we leaned in again and decided to full-on launch into publishing. One of the things that, that we had talked about in a, in a previous episode was about what I saw as the different types of publishing and how it felt like when I was doing the, the self-publishing or the hybrid publishing stuff, you're, you're really alone, alone and afraid out there. Or there's the, what you think of as traditional publishing with the literary agents and all that stuff. And except it's really hard to get into and you're either spending a gazillion dollars for some crazy literary agent, or you already have a million followers on Instagram or something. And I was so blessed to find you. And I'm frankly, I'm not really familiar with anyone else who's, who's filling the space that you are, but how did you decide to, to get into the, uh, boutique traditional publishing that you do? So again, I think it kind of stems back from just kind of listening as to what the needs were and kind of leaning in from there. So I did look at all those different options. And it's interesting because I like to say that publishing is kind of this like black hole industry that people that aren't on the inside to them, it's like this magical, mystical place that isn't very clear because depending on who you go to talk to, who the publisher is, determines the way they do things. Every single publisher does things fairly different, except for those big top, top name traditional publishing houses. So across the board, traditional publishing is pretty standard. Their process is very typical and similar. But if you look into the hybrid publishing, it's all over the place. There's there's so many different options and things which I think can be beneficial. However, as long as you know that you're getting into an agreement with a publisher that's serving the needs that you have. And so in looking at the traditional space, I saw the benefits of that side. And then I saw some of the benefits of the hybrid side, because when you lean into that area, you have more creative freedom as to what your book looks like versus traditional, they accept the manuscript and then they decide what to do with it. And sometimes the book that ends up being published is not the book that you wrote. It's completely different. I've heard some stories of, of authors that have said, I'm not going to do it that way again. And then on the other side of the fence, self-publishing is, it can be very overwhelming because you have to figure out all of the pieces. And there really is a lot to know. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces. If I were to show you, maybe you wouldn't be surprised because you are published, but if I were to show you our production pipeline, like checklist and flow, it's so intricate in the details because we're on top of every little moving piece. And if you're self-publishing, you have to be on top of those things yourself in order for your book to be as successful as it possibly can. So in hearing, again, what people were wanting, I thought it would be great to kind of take some of the pieces where we do give our authors that creative freedom, but at the same time, support them in a way that a traditional publishing house does. I remember once we were at Mass and there was an opportunity. We have these really beautiful murals that are on the in our, in our sanctuary. And the painter came and gave like a talk about 
his experience learning to paint and how he came up with that stuff. And one of the things that he had mentioned, which really struck me, was about how his critique of the sort of modernist uh, painting movement and how for years and years and years, every single day, he painted a painting of a certain kind and went through this like apprenticeship learning to paint and refining his skill to a point where it was something he could put his emotion into through his skill and felt proud of. And then he had this critique of sort of the modernist painting movement where it's all emotion and maybe not a lot of skill, uh, or at least it doesn't seem like that. I've seen like, you know, the canvas, which is just all wide polar bear in the snow, you know, eating a vanilla ice cream cone. You're like, I think it's just a white canvas. Um, so I see a corollary uh, in the authorship realm in that well, I see both ways. One is I don't think you need a ton of credentials to be an author. Like I, I avoided it for so long. And in fact, there's something I had to get over the idea of, no, I, I am selling things that I'm writing. I am a professional author because I didn't think why. Well, I haven't gone to school for this. Can I say this? Is this even something that I'm I'm capable of? At the same time, how do you how do you provide, you know, a new authors out there that have a story to tell? It's one of the things I talk about that I, I have so many people I meet who like have a story they want to tell, but they feel like they don't have the skills or know-how to put put what's in here and in here onto paper like mm -hmm. how do you deal with people like that what kind of advice do you have for for people like that yeah so it's interesting because you may not realize but what you just asked me it really kind of goes back to what you were just saying about being a boutique publishing house because that really is again what kind of sets us apart in this traditional space is that our message is we meet you where you are in your journey so People are in different places. We do have some that are professional writers that come to us because they're looking for the structural support. But most of our authors, they come to us and say, I have this message that I know I need to share, but I'm not a writer. Mm -hmm. And that's more, that's typically the case more than not, right? So being able to meet you where you are could be, you just have a book idea right now. Maybe you're a little bit further along in the process of putting your book together. Mm -hmm. But we are able to kind of meet you in that space and share the tools to be able to create your writing routines, to create your outline, to create the structure of the book. And then in addition to that, we dive into things like author imposter syndrome, which is very much what you were just talking about. Because that's one of the things that even if you are a professional writer, you still experience that. There's people who have published books that were wildly successful that still feel that way. The thing that I'm finding is that so many of us feel as though we are imposters in our own story. And it's getting through that process that is probably the hardest part of writing a book. And having somebody 
that can walk you through that and provide the support to you through the process while giving you the guidance of writing a very structured book is going to benefit you through that journey and through that process wildly. You talked about the experience benefiting you and learning and growing through the act of, of writing your stories down. I, that definitely resonates with me in that I didn't realize how much I was like holding in until I wrote it for the first time. And thank the good Lord for the editorial process that kind of let's, okay, let's, let's shape that into a, maybe a more cohesive, deliberate way to, to share that message and have it be slightly less raw. But as a man, in so many ways, there's a lot that feels like, well, you know, this whole like artsy fartsy stuff is real effeminate. It's not, maybe it's not really something I, you know, I'm a, I eat meat. I'm a steak guy. I want to weights and shove those emotions deep down. But being able to be manly, be authentic, but still connect with that part of yourself and grow is something that I found tremendously cathartic and helpful as me, as like a husband and as a father, as just a generic dude finding my way through, through the world. How, how has your experience been like? Do you see a lot of guys who are, who are doing the author thing? Is it mainly women or is it some guys? Like what, what do you see? Mm, that's a really good question. You know, I think it's, I think it's equal. I think men and women equally are interested in sharing their stories because they know that they have things to share that could really impact somebody else. And what you're referring to is it's interesting because I'm finding through this experience of guiding, you know, because I should probably explain, we have a masterclass that walks people through, right? The process, it's a 24-week masterclass that we guide you through the writing of the book. And we've been doing this for, for a while. And one of the things that I'm finding is it not being specifically gender specific as to feeling uncomfortable in that vulnerable space. I'm finding it to be an equal challenge to men and women. Because let's be honest, spilling yourself out onto pages to send out into the world can feel absolutely terrifying. And so, and then that the word vulnerable, mm -hmm. many people have a hard time with just that alone. And so I like to kind of flip the script on how we view that and that process and what that looks like and refer to it more as being authentic, opening up and sharing your story in a way that's relatable, that is human, that is flawed and messy, but honest, right? Because the reality is that nobody wants to read a book about how perfect we are. Yeah. Nobody wants to read that book. They want to read the book that shares the lessons learned in life hey, I fell. This was messy. It really sucked, but I got through it. This is how, and this is how it has guided me into this evolved person, right? This is how I grew from this experience. That's what makes the story relatable. Like, I know that we talked about like the hero's journey. That's why we connect to that. We all cheer for that underdog. 
We want them to achieve and do well and be successful because we identify with that person. And it's not because that person is weak and vulnerable. It's because they're simply human. And it's that yes. humanness, right? The community, because we all, we, all, we all seek that connection with other people because we often don't have these conversations with the people in our lives. So to be able to go somewhere where we can get this validation of, and I say validation like tongue in cheek because we don't need validation, right? But to be able to go to a source and say, oh, this person understands. They've been through this. They got through this. I can too. So it's really kind of about that. But, but I agree with you. That process is hard. Being able to kind of put down our armor and open up and allow people to see us sometimes in a way that we're not even sharing the, the fullness of our stories to the people we love most. I've had authors that after writing chapters have had to go talk to their spouse and say, hey, so this thing came up that I'm writing in my, you know, my, about in my book. We need to have a conversation. There's two different parts about writing a book that really the guidance in these two areas are most beneficial. It's the strategic guidance of the how-to. Like, how do I climb Mount Everest? Here's mm -hmm. the step-by-step -step map. But then in addition to that, there's also the support in this space of venturing into that inner story. Because yeah. it needs to be, if you're writing a memoir... It needs to be in there. If you're writing a professional book, you're not going to go quite as deep, but you still need to let your readers know who you are. Yeah. The, the spiritual battle that's taking place alongside the, the mental battle. I really liked the, what you said about people connecting and seeing themselves in your story and how important it is. It's not being vulnerable, being authentic. Vulnerable is like a, a bad word for guys, you know, but the idea of being authentic is like, oh, I'm being true to myself. And that is super powerful. I was so shocked at how many people came up after the book that I didn't know. That was really surprising to me and something I thought was really cool. I agree. It was a little weird knowing that like my mommy and daddy are going to read this. People I went to high school see this yeah. because it feels like when you, when you read a story, you, when you read about the character, that is you, they are your avatar and really you're reading your own story and all the things that are going on, you're seeing reflected onto your life. And so when the character in the story is going through some hardship, you're seeing yourself going through a similar hardship and saying, oh, I know exactly how that feels. I know. You know, I know that struggle. I know that feeling of failure or that feeling of triumph or whatever. When you know the author, they are already filling that space. And so maybe it's harder to connect with. And so I, I just saw such a different reaction. Obviously, the people who know me were supportive and loving, but it, it was so different hearing from readers who, who didn't know who I was at all. They just, read the story and felt like it was powerful and impacted them. That was really special to me. And I, I thought it was really cool. 
I'm really interested in hearing more about your, I guess, advice for authors. But before I get to that, I want to know, it, it fascinates me, the idea of branching out and starting a business, like going out into the wilderness of possibilities and being like, I'm going to go for this thing. And you have been so tremendously successful. Even in the couple years that that I've known you, you have grown EP from, I mean, what was a already awesome boutique publishing company to a international award-winning company that is just knocking down doors and crushing it. What has that journey been like? Is it scary? Like, how do you feel through that? What What advice would you give from that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because in what you just said just now, here's the here's the the part that's kind of the unexpected is that it's not me knocking down the doors, it's others knocking on my door. Because that's mm-hmm. really been what this journey has been. It's incredible the way that people have stepped forward and are entrusting me with these really important and powerful stories the magnitude of the authors that we have in these journeys, some of them have overcome some really significant trauma in their lives. And they are breaking down those those boundaries and changing cultures of industries and their countries and, and doing all kinds of incredible things. And so truly, I feel every day, I wake up and I feel so unbelievably honored and humbled to be able to do the work that I do, that I am trusted the way that I am. Because I think when we lead from a place of integrity and transparency and we're honest with the people that were, you know, our team, because we're we just onboarded more team members, our team is growing, we're getting busier. Here we are, not even a month into January, and two really big opportunities just presented themselves to us that are going to unfold later this year. And I think it really has a lot to do with the way that you lead your business and the integrity that you lead it because that word of mouth catches on. People start talking about what you're providing and it'll grow in this organic way. We're not having to push out these massive marketing campaigns. Now, if we did, I imagine that it would be even more so, like tenfold, We do have some things. We actually have products that we're going to be releasing later this year that we envision is going to be kind of pushing out into that space a little different. So yes, there's, I mean, entrepreneurship is a journey, much like writing a book. It has its up and downs. It's a roller coaster ride. If you were to talk to my husband and ask him these questions, he would tell you like, oh my gosh, you know, one day she feels like she's on top of the world and the next day she's doubting and questioning and all the things. Because there's a lot of that that's wrapped up into it. There's a lot of us that we wrap up into the things that we do. And so I think at the end of the day, just remembering that, yes, this is my life's work. This is my heart and soul that I'm putting into it. But at the same time, being able to understand too, when we're navigating through these spaces, that also I can remove myself from it. I can run this company and build it to where it's self-sustaining because at some point in time, I want to retire and I want this publishing house to keep moving forward. So I can remove myself from it after setting it up and getting it going 
and it's still going to be functioning and, and creating the same work and impact that it is now. So I think keeping my eye on that long-term vision that I have and just every day showing up and being grateful for the opportunities that are coming my way, being present and focusing on what we have in front of us right now and just really doing a good job because we are boutique. We are white glove service is what we like to provide our authors. We really like to kind of roll out the red carpet and take really good care of them. And so focusing on that is kind of the day-to-day, but at the same time, that long vision. Yeah. I really love what, what you said about you know servant leadership, this idea that because so many people out there are thinking like, what, well, how am I going to make it big? I want to be successful. Me, 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 me. And I really like Kung Fu Panda. I don't know if you like watch Kung Fu Panda, but the, well, the more you take, the less you have. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but this idea of, I am going to lift others up and by doing so that helps me. It helps me to give to others. And it seems like the cheat code in some ways, because you build that, as you said, the, you showcase the integrity and you build trust and it builds, I think a lot longer lasting, strong team. That's really what we're trying to do here. You know, there's so many things out there that are really focused on how I just want to take. And I think the people who are really successful are the ones that give of themselves and constantly give. And when you can just trust in God like that, trust that I'm going to put goodness out. I don't need to be worried about my reward. That'll come. I'm going to make a product that I can be proud of. I'm going to make a service that helps people. I can't help but think so much of this echoes a lot of the lessons learned in the military community. And while EP is not specifically for the military. There are so many people from all different walks of life. Am I wrong to say that I've noticed a, a strong military thread? Is that something that is purposeful? Is that by accident? What, what is that affiliation like with you? Yeah, sure. And I wanted to share too, just really quick after what you were just talking about. I really think it's all about building a culture. Right. Because when you build a culture that others want to be a part of, you have that loyalty. So it's within your team. It's within the communities that you're serving, all of that. They want to step into that culture and be a part of it. And everybody grows from cultivating that culture. Right. So we do. We have, we have had a fairly significant number of members of the military community that have been going through our classes. That has been from the very beginning. I myself am a veteran spouse. I was a military spouse for 16 years. And so that's a community that's always going to be in my heart because, you know, this was during, you know, time, time of war. I was a special operations spouse and, you know, deployments every six months was the life that I lived for 10 years. And one of the things that at the time, as you probably know, Logan, when we're going through these challenging parts of military life deployments, specifically, we're going through these situations that are so heightened and so many layers going on there. It's, it's difficult. It's a difficult time for the partners 
it's a difficult time for those that are deploying out. We don't have the conversations when we're in it because I think sometimes we just don't have the ability to, if that makes sense, because we're really like one foot in front of the other getting through the thing at the time. And so it's not the time to be having these conversations where we're, you know, putting down that armor because I think it's imperative that we have that armor. So whoever's at home is being able to be strong and, and support the family. And then those that are going out are able to go do their job. It's imperative. But at the same time, at some point, we need to come back and we need to have those hard conversations. And so my friends and I were just, we're starting to have those conversations now. And it's 15 years later. And it's important for the community within itself, for the healing, the connection, but then at the same time to also bridge the gap between the military and the civilian worlds too. So how do we serve this community coming from that civilian space? How do we have these conversations so that the civilian world can understand? How can we bring the two together? Because we shouldn't be divided. We, again, should be working together as a community supporting one another. I don't think because you're military, it divides you. It shouldn't, right? We're still standing within that civilian community. So I feel a deep mission in bringing those stories to light um, because I feel a, a deep pass just in my own experiences and the need for it, I see. So what is your advice for an aspiring author who is just starting out? Maybe they they have a manuscript already or they are staring at a blank page and they have it in their head and in their heart, but they don't know where to go. What do you do, right? Where is the place to start? What advice do you have for somebody? I know you deal a lot with folks like this. Yeah, that's a really great question. So I like to say that the way that you begin writing your book is you just simply begin writing, right? <laughs> And it, it's, it should be in a place where you're opening up and you're just free writing. So you always want to start with free writing. And to kind of explain what that means, so free writing is slightly different than working on the manuscript. Because what happens many times for many of us, myself included, is that when we know that we're working on the manuscript, we're so hesitant to put down one word. It's mm -hmm. got to be the perfect word. And it's got to be impactful and it's got to be powerful and it's got to be the best thing that anybody has ever read. So we become editors as we're trying to write. And what that does is it actually creates blocks. We're preventing that free thought from just coming out. The story that needs to be shared, we're, we're holding it in. Um, we're not allowing it the space to come out. So if we start by just in a way that we know nobody else is ever going to read this. So it's, it can suck. It's okay. It's allowed. Because here's the reality. The, the manuscript can suck too. The rough draft is probably not going to be amazing. For most of us, it's not, right? It needs work. However, you just want to start. It goes back to that saying that being okay is better than not done. Being done and, and okay is at least done. It's completed. And so for those that are perfectionists saying, it doesn't have to be great, it just has to be done. I just have to let it come out of me. And then I can go back and I can mold and, and change and create from there. But it's really interesting because if you read the statistics on the benefits of free writing, 
which really truly is essentially journaling. And I like to call it free writing because men are just like, oh, I don't, I don't do that. I don't journal. <laughs> but really, there's so many benefits of free writing. And truly, what that simply means is just in an uninhibited, completely raw way that you know you can burn the page afterwards if you have to. There's actually notebooks out there. I don't know if you saw these on Amazon. And it's actually called Burn the Page. So it gives you the space to write whatever you want to write. It can be the most crazy thing. It can be so emotional. It could be things that you would never dare speak to your partner or anything. And then you turn around and you burn the page. And, and there's, this, there's this release that kind of happens within us when we're able to get the things that are up here out. It's like this weight moves off of our shoulders. And so the benefits are things like our mental clarity. It actually improves brain function and focus by free writing. It improves mental health. It improves emotional intelligence. It improves this deeper understanding of self. It improves problem-solving skills. It gives us direction in ways that maybe we didn't quite even have before by simply just writing things down. And I kind of laugh because I'm a known list maker and I, your wife, I know she's one too. I read your book. We're like spirit, spirit sisters. And I know for me, just having those out, having this list out. So if you don't even feel comfortable creating a whole note on your phone or speaking a note into your phone, whatever that looks like, writing out into a notebook, you can just simply put a point down and to start bullet pointing something that allows the thought to kind of flow and come out of you. That's how you yeah. start. So Kristen Bentley, founder and CEO, EP Publishing, what is next? What do you got going on? What's the next step? Is there anything that we, you know, I know you got several irons in the fire. Uh, is there anything you're, you you want to share with the group? Yeah. So we have a lot of really exciting things. And it's interesting because I'm definitely a planner. I'm a person that likes to be planned out. And there was, for some reason, I just had this, this thought to not overload my 2024 because I had a feeling that there were going to be these opportunities that were going to be presenting. And I wanted to be open to these opportunities. And they did. Things are presenting and I think there's more to come. So we're very excited. I can't go into all the details on all the things, of course, just yet. However, we do have a nonprofit arm of EP House that is going to be launching this year. So we're really super excited about that. And along with that, there's going to be a couple partnerships that are developing these really big opportunities. So one of them, it is at a very well-known event that's kind of like a nationwide event that has big attendees. We've got a project that we're working alongside the organizer of this event. And then in addition to that, we're working on a partnership to create and film a documentary that we're going to be pitching to Netflix. Holy smokes. That's so incredible. Man, God bless you, Kristen. That's big time. Man, I'm really happy for you. Thank you. It's fun to see good things happen to people you, you care about. I appreciate that. I, I see the same for you too. So <laughs> it's been great. I adore you and Anita. Well, thank you. So some of our listeners out there are super excited. They have a story to tell. They want to write a book. How do they get 
in contact with you? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a great question. We recently had rebranded. So the best way to go would be to go to our website, which is ephouse.co. I say that instead of email addresses because the email addresses are going to be updating very soon. Ah, okay. So if you go there, there is space just from the homepage where you can schedule a consultation call. So if you just want to start there because you just have an idea and you don't really have it fleshed out, And you're not even sure if it's something that you should write. I get that a lot. I don't know if this is even worth writing. The answer is always yes. It's always yes. There's going to be somebody out there that needs to hear the story that that you're considering writing. So you can schedule that consultation. We'll jump on a call and just have a conversation and we'll talk it through. Cool. Hey, and when you do, be sure to tell her you know me. You heard about you heard about them through number your stories. And she'll she'll be extra nice. There you go. Kristen, it has been my absolute pleasure. We are out of time, but I am so grateful for you for taking the time to come on and share your experience with my audience. Uh, I know we have a lot of folks out there who are interested in publishing and having someone like you who's so knowledgeable is going to be really, really helpful to a lot of people out there. So again, thank you. All right, team, that's it for today. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Stay safe out there. Thank you for listening to the Number Your Stories podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share, and give us a five-star review wherever you're listening. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out at numberyourstories at gmail.com. And as a reminder, the views and ideas expressed here do not reflect the official policy of the United States Military Academy, the Department of the Army, the Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Stay safe out there. God bless.